1: And welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a critic. Everybody calls me Bibbs.
0: You are a critic, aren't you, William Bibiani? Yes. My name is Whitney Seibold. I, too, am a critic.
1: You are a critic, aren't
0: you, Whitney? uh, Maybe I should cease the histrionics. Uh, My name is Whitney Seibold. I uh, write for the internet, and people call me Kolchak the Night Stalker.
1: And how. And uh, this week on Cancel Too Soon... You're in for such a treat. (laughs) Oh, oh boy, howdy. So, for the month of January, we had all of our Patreon subscribers. Mm -hmm. They got to pick every single TV show we reviewed in the month of January. And it's mostly more well-known things, more recent shows, like Law & Order, Los Angeles, Freaky Links. And we didn't do anything, like, super obscure and weird. But we (laughs) love super obscure and weird. And we found something that is... We dug up a gem. This may be the weirdest thing we've ever uncovered like it's right up there with Terror Vision and the 100 Lives of Black Jack Savage in just terms of yeah
0: what like like, uh, coming to the it's only a pilot and coming to the end of the pilot I was still wondering what the heck the premise of the show was supposed to be how is this a show like and we'll and we'll get to it it'll take you a while just to run just like the 100 Lives of Black Jack Savage just to tell you the premise one long multi-part sentence to describe the premise of the show so too is this one
1: so let's let's just dive right in, and I want to dive right in. There's a decent chance you heard us talk about a it, teaser it on last week's episode, or maybe you've heard this discussed. I've, I've seen it in like a couple of articles about weird TV ephemera, but mostly this is pretty unknown. So for those of you who have no idea what the hell Steel Justice is, I want you to listen to the promo that aired before it premiered on NBC, and I want you to take a moment to think about what kind of show you think this is. <laughs> this is steal justice? A cop alone in a dangerous future. The only kind of guy to make a jump like that is a guy that doesn't care whether he makes it or not. A woman who dares to get too close. Probably have to arrest you. That
0: might be fun. And the
1: case hey he couldn't handle alone—the killing of my son. Oh, God. Two people, one kind of justice. Steel justice. NBC Sunday.
0: So going yeah. off of that, and bear in mind, well, th- first of all, they say a cop lost in a dangerous future. Mm-hmm. So. You would assume it's a time travel show from that phrase. It's not. Well! <laughs> <laughs> well there there is an immortal character. We'll move on. From, from that... <laughs> but, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. From,
1: from that, tra- all you really see are like people like talking in sort of Blade Runner-ish mm-hmm. kind of environments. You see Joan Chen is in there from Twin Peaks. This is after Twin Peaks, so she was kind of a recognizable, yeah. particularly recognizable face at the time. Uh, and it's just a cop. Running around in, like, a grimy nighttime future, uh, people pulling stuff up
0: with rocket launchers. Clearly the NBC, like, indoor set that they built of, like, city streets, but gussied up with Blade Runner-ish, TV budget Blade runner uh, production design.
1: And the name Steel Justice could be anything. It could be a guy named Jack Steel. It could be a guy named Jack Justice. Together they are Steel Justice. It could just
0: be. <laughs> Jack Steel and Jack Justice.
1: The Steel could just Steel be a justice. metaphor for just how steely the Justice is mm. that this particular cop, whose name is neither Steel nor Justice, will dish out at some point. Mm. There actually is another film called Steel Justice, but S T E E L E. Which came out a few years before this I
0: suppose at least that's a pun
1: Yeah, I think it stars Martin Cove Who played the bad guy uh, in uh, Karate Kid Oh. <laughs> so, you know, and bless it, him it,
0: It's probably a canon film. I'm uh, guessing it's a <laughs> canon a decent film. Chance it's
1: a canon film. I will actually look that up. Hang on a second. Steel yeah, Justice. Look up the, the movie Steel. This is the
0: movie, by the way, Steel At- Justice. Atlantic
1: Entertainment Group. So, anyway, So anyway, yeah, Steel th- co- the, the
0: company that wanted to be canon.
1: NBC wants you to think that Steel Justice is just some cop on the edge,
0: but science, kind of science fiction cop on the slightly edge. Slightly yeah. science
1: fiction y cop on the edge
0: kind of show. It's not. There's so much more. Oh, is there so much more?
1: Should we t- just? We should probably just try to break this down right, for so as best we can.
0: The main character, mm-hmm. Detective Nash, played by oh, what was his name? Robert I Taylor. Robert Taylor. Uh, not that Robert Taylor. Yeah. Not that Robert Taylor either. The not re- even that Robert Taylor. He, but Robert Taylor, the Australian.
1: Uh, he he stars in Longmire, uh, mm-hmm. and he was one of the agents in The Matrix.
0: Uh, right? He's had a long career. Is that a, yeah, is Australian
1: actually, actor Doesn't always hide His accent very well On this pilot
0: I'm not It's unclear whether He's supposed to be American or not But this takes place In a dy- like kind of A dystopianish future Where like all nations Are sort of mixed together Just like in Blade Runner yeah, So like Just like in Los Angeles Just like I mean, well, yeah, just like. And evidently the, the city Like City never sleeps Streets are always Crowded all the time There's no down period In this dark future uh, He is tracking down Some evil criminals one of which may have killed his son. Yeah. Uh, his partner is played by Season Hubley from Vice Squad. That's Gina.
1: Yep. Gina Morelli. Um, you may also remember she, her from she, bit parts in, like, Stepfather Part 3, Children of the Corn so, 5.
0: I like Season Hubley a lot. She, yeah. She's really great, and she's particularly great in this, as sort of the t- toughest nails. She seems a more capable cop than Detective Nash. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're running around the city tracking down evil criminals He's also having dreams, and many of his dreams are about his dead son, who mm. was recently killed by a criminal. And he'll fill, he'll he'll his son relive who, and his, his, son's his death. young his young son is like maybe eight or nine. He relives his son's death, and here's
1: mm. how his son died. Mm. His son was in the car. Detective Nash was heading to the car carrying a big robot dinosaur toy that they had made together, mm. and the kid goes. I- And then someone shoots a rocket at the car, and the kid blows up, and the dad goes, no! Mm. And then he sees some guy point in slow motion off to screen left. Mm. And then he sees the dinosaur, the robot dinosaur, going, rah, and that's his dream. Over and, and, it's, and over it's a, again. a
0: recurring dream about his, his son dying and the robot dinosaur. He has the robot dinosaur, which uh-huh. he calls Robosaurus, completely seriously. Oh, well, he wanted to call it a Robosaur, and his son's mm. like,
1: no! It's called Robosaurus! Robosaurus. Jerk! <laughs> I added the jerk. He's got <laughs> this toy. It's a symbol of, uh, his, of his dead son. And what he doesn't realize is that when he leaves the apartment to go to work, mm. the Robosaurus... Moves around so, on yeah, its own, starts
0: exploring the apartment. Yeah, in one scene, fends off an attacker. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, you know what? We're we're
0: but we can't even listen. We just have to tell him
1: what the hell's going on. All right. The toy robot dinosaur is possessed by the soul of his dead son, and he is being tracked by a time traveler who has discovered that Lieutenant Nash has the ability to transform things and that he is destined to transform his dead robot dinosaur's son into a giant, flamethrowing robot dinosaur that eats cars mm. and can stop criminals. That's the show.
0: <laughs> the, the, colon, the series. That's uh, the show. The, the, the ancient time-traveling mystic, I, I got the impression that he was just an immortal. He wasn't jumping through time. He was just aging. He even said in one scene, it's like, give me another 200 years, I'll be 3,000. But here's the thing. The opening... You, okay, imagine
1: you had that trailer. You thought you're getting into some cop show. Mm. Here's the credits. The credits are you're looking over a whole bunch of old timey maps, like three thousand year old maps. Yeah, and you have this weird tinkling Casio keyboard, do 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 sort of vaguely adventurous theme music, like you'd find in a straight to video, like
0: full moon. Yeah, kids I was about movie. to say it, it sounds sounds like a Puppet Master. Theme. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then you see this guy, this guy played by uh, J.A. Preston from Hill Street Blues. He was the judge in A Few Good Men. He's actually played the judge in a lot of things. You look at his yeah, IMDb profile, yeah, he played a lot of judges. Uh, he plays a
0: guy yeah, named... Finanese
1: ...guy plays Jeremiah J. Jones, and you see him throughout history. At one point, he gives a guy a rock, and then it cuts to Stonehenge. And then another point, he gives a guy like a wooden horse. And he turns and it into... The, 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 Trojan, the Trojan horse. horse. And like, then we cut to the future.
0: It seems that his, like in addition to being immortal his power is growing stuff he no no one- he helped no, no no he
1: doesn't grow stuff he finds people who can grow stuff and helps them grow stuff that's his he's I thought a he mentor was, okay he doesn't grow a damn fucking thing he is just an immortal and also possibly a time traveler he, because he, he's the not, voice-over so he's not the says one, there are time
0: travelers he's not the one who is like he there's a scene where he's handing a guy a little trojan horse yeah and then there's a hard edit and it's a big trojan horse i had i was under the impression that that was sort of his spell no. that was his one trick Hang on. and he can hand a guy a miniature wooden horse and spell at it and he turns into a big trojan horse and indeed that's his only trick because he gives a guy a stone in stonehenge and it grows into a big stone that's how they made stonehenge they've set up little stones and then they grew them and that's what happens with Robosaurus. He gives it to this guy. He's like, hey, you got that power too. Why don't you grow Robosaurus into big Robosaurus? And take out all of the bad guys in the big fiery climax. That's it. He finds other people. It says like th- throughout the da-
1: throughout the dawn of time, since the world began, mm. time travelers. And then I immediately rolled my eyes so hard I couldn't hear the rest of the voiceover. And then something, something, something find people with the gift of transformation. There are certain mm. special so he, magical people. They're not so Highlanders. He, he has
0: magical pe- people, and he's looking for other magical people. He's he only... is of magical people, he's but he's a different kind
1: of magical people. This he, yeah. would be
0: like this would be like he's a Highlander. The premise is yeah the premise is
1: Highlander is looking for Neo. <laughs>
0: like that's oh, uh, that's yeah. it. or are looking they're for Luke Skywalker. Things. He has people they're, with the force.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah if we've, the whole plot was Wolverine was looking for Luke Skywalker. They're <laughs> unrelated powers but they both have powers.
0: But but weird and not the cool thing you're imagining right now. No, not at all. <laughs> And, you know, since Disney owns them all anyway, that's sure to come. I'm sure it is. Wolverine versus Luke Skywalker.
1: So... So, yeah, so we finally get to the present, a.k.a. the future.
0: The the near future. Do they say what year it is? It's it's like
1: like
0: 2020s, something like that.
1: Uh, Global warming has gone out of control. And I loved, like, this period in the early 90s when, like, the idea of climate change as an apocalyptic force was all about specifically the ozone layer. Yeah. It was the only thing anyone knew about it was that the ozone layer is going to deplete and we're all going to be very warm. Mm. So every scene has, like, a fan in it. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's really really warm around here. People don't stop wearing, like, three-piece suits and leather. And and long coats and stuff. You would think tank tops would become Mm. socially acceptable (laughs) in that that future environment, but that's Mm. not what happens.
0: And uh, an amazing amount of time is devoted to the crime plot and the criminals Mm -hmm. in a plot that also contains immortal wizards and robosara robosari sure so
1: like it opens with they're on a stakeout they're Mm. about to take down some big gang leader guy Mm. and they find out he's in his apartment they he and his partner gina uh walk up to the apartment and they light what looks like a bag of poop on fire and set it outside of his uh uh uh, Mm. the guy's apartment and they knock on the door it's like fire fire and then when that doesn't work, they just bust it down.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just... G- Gina busts it like I think yeah. she punches it down. She's just a badass. There's just this. There's this big rooftop
1: chase where they're jumping mm. on rooftops and everything. And then uh, Jeremiah J. Jones like is there, and he points like he went that way. And The guy's mm. like, I saw you in my dream. And what I love is later on, like he tells like the cops and everything like that, like. Yeah, I saw this guy in the building. Well, we searched that building. There was no one there. There's no reason for some guy to be in a building. <laughs> An abandoned building. There's, it's not even abandoned. Who gives if it's abandoned? It's just some guy in a building. He's amazed that there was a guy in a place in a city. He wouldn't be
0: there at that time, some though.
1: Some person mm. <laughs> was in a place. Mm. That's not right. <laughs> we must do a thorough investigation. <laughs> um. It turns out that there is a whole bunch of rival gangs taking over mm. San Angeles, wherever the hell futuristic <laughs> Los <laughs> Angeles they're in, and it's all led by like the big oh. the big gunrunner. It
0: is Roy Brocksmith.
1: Yeah, the great, great, great Roy Brocksmith. He plays Colonel Edward Roland Duggins. You know Roy Bro- uh, Brocksmith from his... Absolutely iconic role in Total Recall Mm -hmm. as the recall agent who shows up two-thirds of the way through the movie to tell Arnold Schwarzenegger that he's insane. You need to swallow this red pill. Take this pill. Swallow it. Uh, One scene should have been nominated for an Oscar. Like, it's just such a great,
0: perfect (laughs) performance. There really needs to be an Academy Award for, like, best – cameo like yeah. an actor just has like one scene and they just steal everything just
1: fucking kills mm. it but he was also in picket fences he was mm. a character actor he was in everything Lo- sadly long since passed away we
0: we are uh definitely going to get to white dwarf at some point oh was he in white Dwarf? he was in white Dwarf. oh white dwarf is yeah. another fucking yeah. weird one we play this like weird mincing hedonist alien lord he it was, was just always kind of mincing
1: that was his, well, kind of he, his shtick. He,
0: he, he had kind of, he has kind of a, or had kind of a small voice, so mm-hmm. he kind of played that off real of, well. Yeah. Kind of, uh,
1: Dalton Trumbo, not Dalton Trumbo,
0: uh, <laughs> Truman, Capote. Truman Capote.
1: Yeah, Truman Capote-ish kind of voice. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's, like, in this giant ice factory. Ice is a h- big commodity. In fact, ice, there's a lot of illegal ice trade, apparently, they talk about. Like, well, I know hot, this, In a hot world. I know an ice bar, we can legally get cool. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Uh- <laughs> So he sells ice, but he also sells high-tech weaponry, and we see his villain layer, and it's full of fans, because of course it oh. is. It's full of neon, because of course it is. He's, and of he's, course- he's dressed in a lightweight
0: suit, which nobody else has.
1: Yeah, he's, he can <laughs> afford lightweight material. And, of course, he has a little doggie. But he a, holds a, up to his face a and super villain doggy, a super villain doggy. That he holds to his face mm. and he yeah, mm. so
0: cute. I wish he was in it more. Like he's clearly yeah. the mastermind, so like people report back to him, but he's not in like enough. Scene. Well, it's just not in enough. Scene. I think he blows up all but one of the people he does business with. Yeah, he, he shoots a lot of people. He's, sup, like, full-on supervillain
1: mode. Well, I just don't know who's left to sell guns to after a while. Like, he comes in, a guy comes in, and he's just like, I'm thinking about buying guns from this other guy. This other guy who buys guns from him comes in and says, Hi, I'm in the movie for a minute. And he says, Okay, let me show you. And then he blows up that guy. Oh, uh, and the first guy is like, Oh, well, you blew him up real good. And then they blow up another guy who bought <laughs> guns from him. I'm like, What? Speaking of in the
0: movie for a minute, <laughs> or yeah. the series for a minute, um, this has some pretty interesting cameos. You mentioned Joan Chen. Mm-hmm. She plays a major role, but, again, she's not in it too much. I think she
1: was set up to be, like, an ongoing love interest throughout the series. She plays Nash's neighbor, uh, who is very interested in his life. I get the impression she's a prostitute, but they don't really go into any detail about it. She's into
0: something shady. They
1: joke about how he should probably arrest her and he won't.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, But... She has nothing to do. She doesn't even. She doesn't even. They don't even give her the dignity of getting kidnapped. (laughs) She doesn't even have that much to do with the movie. In in slash pilot.
0: In whatever series this was supposed to be, I'm guessing she was going to be like the confidant character. Mm. Because because unfortunately Gina dies in the course of the pilot. Yeah. Or maybe she was going to come back in episode two. Who's to say? Season humbly was fine. She could have made a fine confidant. And, yeah, her and twin ha-
1: sister is also in the force. Uh, I mean, it's why not?
0: Yeah, have twin Hubley come back as Tina. But also in the force, Arlie Ermey. <laughs> From Full Metal Jacket the, and Dead Man Walking and, and The Frighteners. And,
1: and Seven, and a said, great character actor. Yeah. Uh, and he's in it. He has two. He has like one and a half scenes mm. where he they show him pieces <laughs> of a bomb. And he's like, yep, that's a bomb. And then another one where he was just like, I have this paperwork. Well, I guess that's fine. That's it.
0: <laughs> he doesn't deliver any exposition. He doesn't no. provide any plot points. He doesn't say something of importance to the hero. He's just in it. He's just And it's some distracting. Guy. It's super weird.
1: This would be like if you got, like, Steve Buscemi to play a waiter. Oh, wait, Steve Quentin Tarantino did that uh, <laughs> It's really weird when you do that That's my point well, That
0: was in 1994 That was before he was like Steve Buscemi in all lights And
1: it's, and it's fair to say like, He was that st- Arlie, still just
0: an indie guy But up, Arlie
1: like... Ermey was already Arlie Ermey yeah. like, He was in Full Metal this... Jacket was a huge breakout role for him
0: He was in We, knew, oh, we, we didn't mention this was 1992 So oh, We yeah. didn't
1: go through all the basic yeah. statistics So let me give you real fast uh, This aired on NBC on April 5th, 1992 mm. Guess what it aired immediately after Northern exposure. I couldn't say the pilot episode Uh. of Man and Machine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Isn't that the best night of television ever? I would have been glued to my set. You have this fucking amazing, amazing two sci-fi cop cop shows back to back: Cop
1: and a Robot Partner, Cop and a Robot Dinosaur. That was your night. <laughs> it aired opposite a rerun of Field of Dreams as a Sunday night movie. Field of Dreams destroyed Steel Justice. <laughs>
0: the televised version of Steel of Dream- The Field of Dreams. Steel
1: of Dreams. Steel of Dreams. Steel of Dreams. Um, um, it was directed by mm. a guy named Christopher Crowe, who actually has an interesting career. He, better uh, known as a screenwriter, this guy. A screenwriter TV producer. He produced the TV series Seven Days, which is more successful than this. BJ and the Bear, which is more successful than this. He also did a bunch of cancel two oh, series. wait, wait. Series. Stop,
0: stop. B.J. and the Bear, which was more successful than this. <laughs> yes. You know B.J. and the Bear, right? Yes. That that Chipman, Chip, 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 Chippanzee movie? Did it have more than one episode?
1: It did. It was more successful than yeah, this. That's true. He also did a bunch of Cancel Too Soon series, including Sword of Justice, <laughs> The Watcher, on UPN! Yay! The Phelanist Network of all time. And uh, Dark Room, which we get a lot of requests for and we're going to do at some point. It was a horror anthology from the early 80s. Mm. Um, he also co-wrote uh, uh, a lot of like thrillers from the 90s. He co-wrote Fear, which I think is a very creepy, uh, erotic sure. thriller. And also co-wrote Michael Mann's Last of the Mohicans.
0: Yeah, so a well, you know, little prestige there. Christopher Crowe co-wrote
1: mm. this with John Hill, who also worked on Thunder in Paradise... Quickly done under and heartbeeps. Oh, heartbeeps is great. The romantic comedy where Andy Kaufman was it Gilda Radner? No, it was
0: Bernadette Peters. Bernadette
1: Peters are robots who discover mm-hmm. love and go off on the run together, and it's really
0: annoying. He's nominated for an Oscar. It was nominated for one for, Oscar for makeup. Yes, it was. <laughs> those are some good robot costumes. Those are some great robot costumes. Um, yeah.
1: So. Steal justice, man. Okay, so <laughs> he, like, he arrests mm. the
0: Jeremiah J. Johns, Jones guy. J. Jonah Jameson. You want to say thought... J. Jonah Jameson, don't I you? I do
1: want to say J. Jonah Jameson. They arrest him, and it turns out he's never been born. He's completely off the grid. No warrants, no fingerprints, no birth certificate. He's a mystery wrapped inside an enigma. And then he immediately breaks out of jail and takes up uh, playing the jazz saxophone
0: at a local bar. <laughs> uh, you know what? You're immortal. Just do whatever. Detective Nash is just like, hey! You You live long enough. You can afford to be distracted. It's like, what's the task at hand? Eh, I don't know. I forgot 30 years ago, but I got time. Jeremiah J. Jones is just like, you don't
1: understand. You have the power to, to transform stuff into bigger stuff. And he's like, what? And then the story <laughs> continues apace. Mm-hmm. Guy starts having prophetic dreams about with new clues about how his child died. Uh, our villain sends his, like, creepy like Cole Porter singing assassin sidekick to blow up Nash's apartment. He puts a plastique bomb literally the size of a credit
0: card. Yeah, like, well, it's it, the future. Plastique is more powerful. Sure. <laughs> he puts it like he just – which just, is weird just, because like, – He sticks it to like a door or something.
1: No, well, if, he breaks it, in and he puts it like on like the nightstand next to the front door. And
0: I'm just like, it's the size of a credit card. Slide it under the door, or if if needs to break in, if it's that powerful, why does he need to put it in the apartment? Can he just put it on the door? Fling that
1: through the window, Ricky J style, for (laughs) fuck's sake. (laughs) And so, uh, but he he sets it on. There's a timer, and he runs away. And of course, Robosaurus. I'm sorry, Dinosaurus. What is it?
0: Robosaurus. It is Robosaurus. I always want to call it Truckosaurus after The Simpsons. Nope no. There, sadly, there is no Truckosaurus. Uh, there is, however, a Robosaurus. We'll, we'll get to a show with a Truckosaurus eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> this is a Robosaurus. <laughs> this is a Robosaurus, and it
1: puts the bomb in its little mouth, and, and see, it runs outside. We and get it drops to see a lot of.
0: We see a lot of like Robo Vision. Now, think about that for a second. Yeah. Now, you you see something like RoboCop, and we see things from, like, inside his robot eyeballs, and there's, like, computer information, and there's always readouts, or something, the Terminator. It's supposed to be what it would look like from the eye of a robot.
1: And I buy it from RoboCop because, Mm -hmm. A, he's got human eyes in there, and he's got, like, a screen in front of him, and it was programmed by, like, computer programmers Mm -hmm. and shit. There's actually, like, reasons for all that stuff. This is a toy— Same
0: same with the Terminator. It's it's a a creature that needs that information. This is a toy that is possessed by a ghost— Hmm. Why does it have readouts? It has like, it's yeah, it's infrared and there's a lot of little, in like, and they're, even when they cut to the, that sort of interior robot vision, there's also like the sound of a dot matrix printer going off in the background. <laughs> it's like, is that what your brain sounds like at all times when you're a robot? That would get really annoying. Well, why do you think they're so mad and try to kill us all the time? Because their brains sound like dot matrix printers. There hey, um, robo-programmers. Stop that! Stop putting, <laughs> stop putting Robo Dot Matrix printer sound effects inside our robot brains. They're just trying to kill us. So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> what is the thing, William? I'm dying to find out.
1: I think this is important to remember because I'm not sure everyone understands this. Mm-hmm. Robosaurus is real. Mm-hmm. Robosaurus is an actual like, like 40 actual... like 50 foot tall 40 foot tall. I have mm-hmm. it in front of me. It's 40 foot tall. Ah. Uh-huh. Robot dinosaur took two (laughs) years and 2.2 million dollars to build it. Mm. And it can, like, it has claws that move and it can, like, crunch cars and shit and it shoots fire. And I guess what happened was they had access to Robosaurus and they said, let's turn it into a TV show. Fine. Let's. Fine, fine. And this is what they got.
0: Now, it. You can, uh, if if you backward engineer it from the fact that you already have access to a Robosaurus, they didn't build it for the show. They yeah. they just, they contracted him as a, a star player, yeah. Robosaurus. And he was such a diva on set. He had to separate out his victims. Made,
1: <laughs> made Killdozer look like a consummate <laughs> professional.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to put all the, all take out all of the green M&Ms. Um, so if you have that idea, you have this Robosaurus and you want it to be like... But also have humans in it, and it's about a, a a robot that can grow and and fight bad guys. Well, that's the premise of like every tokusatsu, like Japanese Power Rangers knockoff TV series. Yeah, it's a
1: kaiju idea.
0: Yeah. So yeah. why not have like J- Jaguar fight this thing or some hmm. other monsters?
1: Instead, they decided to just why did you on go with, why did you
0: go with a Blade Runner type sci-fi noir cop show that is. The tone of this thing is not light and funny and airy and trippingly along.
1: So every time this guy it, it's like- It's this sees really his...
0: kind of dour, kind of depressing show that just happens to have a giant robot dinosaur in it.
1: Yeah, who is also a toy it... oh. that like toddles around the apartment and like plays with the other toys.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, we, we reviewed The Flash- and that one had a pretty good tone. Like, a little kid could watch The Flash, even though it also had some serious noir, more serious noir elements to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It was on at the uh, same time
1: as this, basically.
0: And so there was a way to do that, this sort of thing, where you could have kind of serious cop stories, but still have a light, silly enough tone to include... <sighs> something as outlandish as a giant robot dinosaur.
1: Instead, we have a guy who's, like, suicidal because his son was murdered, and And he's trying to—
0: Robosaurus is the soul of his dead son. Yeah. That's friggin' depressing. It is depressing. I don't want that— That No, I understand when I'm reading comic books, you have all kinds of, like, tragic backstories you read about as a kid that you just sort of take for granted. Dead parents factor into it a lot. Batman Superman, their parents are dead, and you're like, oh, that's kind of sad, but I just want to see the mayhem. Right. You don't think about that sadness when you crack open a Batman comic. You you don't want to read it necessarily for the angst. You want to see him punching a clown in the face.
1: I think there's a lot of people who actually do like the angst because angst is cool.
0: uh, Slightly older readers, 14-year-old readers maybe go go for the angst. 10-year-old doesn't go for the angst. You buy
1: it as an inciting incident. You don't want to dwell. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is so intrinsically tied in with Robosaurus Mm -hmm. that you can't really avoid it. You can't crack open an issue of Robosaurus, the comic book, without thinking of his... I have the soul of a dead child inside of me. Mm-hmm.
1: This may be but, the most depressing, mm, dystopian, immortal, time travel, heat wave, rocket launcher, RoboSaur story I've ever seen.
0: It's at least in the top six or seven,
1: right? I mean, it's right up there. It's a <laughs> bummer. So he, so mm. he's he he tracks down the bad guy. Mm. Bad guy kills his partner. Oh no. He and Jeremiah J. Jones go to the bad guy's lair, and Jeremiah's like, Okay, now's your time. You got to transform some shit.
0: He's like, I don't, I still am hazy on this whole premise. Like, well, you're, and he explains to him, Your magic is strongest essentially when you're saddest. When you're feeling the most depressed, that's when your magic is strong. Great. And when are you saddest? Well, when I'm thinking of my dead son. And what is something that was really, really important to your dead son? Well, as it turns out, the thing that my dead son has possessed is his favorite robot toy that we built together. Which is
1: like a coincidence, by the way. Like, Jeremiah J. Jones never mentions that. Like, that's a thing. (laughs) Like, no, it's just like, oh, and your son's in that? Perfect! That's great. That really, that simplifies everything. That will okay. so, go around and do its own thing.
0: So, so uh, Robosaurus, by the way, is still back in his apartment, so yeah. somehow he can also teleport Robosaurus to where he is mm-hmm. and grow it to, like, this 30-foot-tall monster that starts, like, picking up bad guys. No, it's, it doesn't have, like, moving legs. It's on wheels. Yeah. And it has, like, these big, goofy-looking Muppet eyeballs. Yep. It can breathe fire. It can barely move its arms, just like a real Tyrannosaurus. It has
1: retractable flaps on its head, which mm. seem to serve no function and always make me laugh. It
0: just makes it look cool, I guess. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it makes it look very silly. <laughs> and as it charges in, setting stuff on fire, everybody runs away. Oh, no, there's this giant robot rolling around. It's It would be kind of like if a monster truck was coming at you, but it looks like a Tyrannosaurus. That's pretty cool. After it knocks over a couple walls, you can't. there's not much else you can do with that. It's like a tank. You can climb on top of it and start shooting it. And the bad guys never figure that out. They're so terrified of this gigantic robot well, dinosaur. I get, To be fair, it does have the element of surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Were you surprised? I, I was so I, I was surprised. So, so, I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> Did not see that one coming. Oh, no, you're, I'm being killed by a giant robot
1: dinosaur. Honestly, I didn't see it coming. You're, you, I love that your take on this is... I, I'm surprised they they weren't able to sort of... Like, take down the robot dinosaur. (laughs) See, for me, there's two things that I can't get over in this sequence. Mm -hmm. One is the interminable montage of, like, Detective Nash, like, leaning against a wall. Essentially rubbing his temples. Rubbing his temples, hyperventilating, while, like, a Doctor Who swirly space effect is superimposed (laughs) on the front of him, and it keeps cutting to the dinosaur. And this goes on for about a minute. (coughs) Like, it's a long (laughs) montage as he is summoning forth Robosaurus. Oh, it's it's the He-Man transformation sequence. But it takes a long time, and it's not cool. It's depressing. (laughs) It's basically like, must think of dead (laughs) son. Must think of dead (laughs) son. Also,
0: also I had a puppy that got hit by a car when I was a young boy. That's really sad. But the other thing
1: I kept thinking about during this, like, it should be cool. It's a giant robot dinosaur Mm. laying waste to evil homicidal ice dealers and weapons manufacturers (laughs) and shooting flames at them. And people are on flames going, ah! And all I can think of is a nine-year-old kid who just killed a lot of people. So, because his I guess, dad told him to, and brought him to and brought him to
0: work. It's take your robot kid to work day. <laughs> I, I <laughs> guess killed we, a bunch of dudes. I guess we learned something about the sun in that sequence, didn't we? Ooh. The sun was a little had a little bit more darkness in him than we previously thought.
1: Surely that's something we could explore in future episodes of the show. Sadly, we can't.
0: <laughs> okay, what the hell were we supposed to explore in this show? Well, so so. We've come to the end of this. Yeah. Robosaurus has knocked over a building, and now we have future cop with depression superpower dinosaur powers. Yes. And an immortal uh, as his sidekick, Uh who's also kind of a wizard. Uh, Yeah. And And he's still a cop. What What's the premise of the show well, now going forward? Do what, what's ha- a typical is it,
1: do- episode is my idea. Yeah. Like, so is so it- he's at
0: home with his son. He knows this toy is his
1: son. Uh-huh. He is treating this small toy as his son. His son can't go to school. His Mm -hmm. son can't, like, improve his education The son will never get a job The son, that's it That's all you got Is Is
0: the son going to age? Like, in in five years Is this going to be a 14-year-old Robosaurus? What if he gets really angsty? What if he adds a voice chip to the Robosaurus? Would that make it better or worse? Oh, you know, that's a lateral move, dude I, I'm not sure if it, it, it would make it any less strange. People are going to come over and he's
1: going to you know, forget it, it, that they don't know that that's his dead kid.
0: It would be strange if he gave him a voice chip and he had the voice of some really recognizable celebrity. Mm, like, like James Earl Jones. Just who, whoever was really big in 1992. <sighs> James Earl Jones. James, yeah, I guess yeah, James, James Earl James Jones. James, yeah, yeah, everyone like James Earl Jones. Yes, I am Robo Soros. Yes. Um, we spoke on the phone.
1: Yep, <laughs> you get Arlie Ermey.
0: <laughs> as, as the voice of Robo Soros. Yeah, as actual Arlie actor Arlie Ermey. Arlie Ermey. Yeah. No, it would be really weird if they got, like, a famous comedian. Mm. Like John Candy. Damon Wayans. <laughs> Damon Wayans <laughs> is, as the robot sidekick.
1: Chris Rock is robot sidekick. It was one of his first breakout roles. uh so that's so that's his home life is yeah. he has a dead robot toy son who has no future and who constantly has to get left home alone mm. with nothing to like incapable of turning the pages of a book just sitting there and that's his life. Well, meanwhile, guessing, Dad I'm goes to work. H-
0: his his brain was so complicated that they had to sort of shed a lot of it to fit it inside the robot. Well, that
1: makes it less depressing. So, Thank you. So that's not depressing it, it, at all. It
0: animates it animates him, and he has like certain like I- impulses, but like a lot of his desire is just gone. Now he's more functional as just a robot.
1: So, so basically, my dead son so is th- th- kind of my only dog now. One,
0: one quarter of my son is now my robot dog dragon. Meanwhile, monster. Detective Nash goes to work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> every day he runs a of a different bad guy mm. and at the end of every episode he like summons he thinks about transformation how depressed he is so that he has a robot have. kid son and then Robosaurus comes in but here's the thing Robosaurus is 40 fucking feet tall and he's real he's not a ghost or something mm. he's in a city People are going to notice that. <laughs> That's going to be a thing. Another Robosaurus sighting oh, today. It'll,
0: it'll be like any superhero thing. It's like, who's the mysterious Spider-Man? Really? It's, after 40 years, you haven't figured it out?
1: Every fucking time Robosaurus does anything, he's going to break a building. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't turn around <laughs> without, like, because the streets are narrow in the city. And we see him. You, like you, you, know there destroy would, everything.
0: you know there would be a sequence where he's, like, locked in a vault or, like, some confined space that was slowly filling with sand or whatever. And, uh... He, and he would have to activate Robosaurus inside that confined space just so he could break out. That, okay, would ha- that would be cool. That would happen in an episode or two or twelve. I will give you that. That one would be cool. But all I keep thinking about
1: is like some like what if they did Godzilla the T V series, but they said it in Queens? Like, after a while it's just like Godzilla's just sort of sitting there reading in the middle of Central Park. Everyone's like, about but I'm like,
0: Read anything good lately. Like, okay. Wait, if it's set in Queens, what's he doing over in Central Park? That's in I Manhattan, dude. I don't know cities. <laughs> You've been to New York though, right?
1: That's not long. I don't remember the locations of everything. Oh, okay,
0: Central Park's in Manhattan. Not he was not visiting Queens. Manhattan. Yeah, okay, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> this matters to New Yorkers who might be listening. Uh, I, there are two ways that the show could have gone. There's the, what you're describing. It's going to be case of the week. Now this is 1992, so that's probably the the. Format that we're going to go with different super criminal every week has some sort of super weapon, but they're trying to go for a slightly more realistic tone. So it's not going to be like shrink rays or something really cartoony. It's going to be like you know bombs or it's some sort be. of new super drug. It's got to be cartoony. Why wouldn't it be cartoony? You have a fucking who's going to fight the <sighs> Robosaurus? Well, these guys have like maybe it's a new kind of nuclear missile that you can fit in your pocket, and he goes takes out like a mm. m- missile gun. I don't know, whatever it is, it's some sort of super. Weapon that can actually kill a lot of people, but you need a Robosaurus to take care of it. Robosaurus is nuclear missile proof, it turns out.
1: Oh, that's too
0: bad. Uh, or you go the crazy route, and this is probably what. <laughs> yeah, a, let's get weird. Let's go. Uh, you start <laughs> there, and then you start getting weird, where we have to start delving into the mythology of like the wizarding world. And he has to leave the big city, or he has to like, explore within the city, and find other wizards and immortals who also have these powers, and help them or give them advice or use Robosaurus okay. to fend off their enemies who are also other wizards.
1: Okay, in addition to that, uh-huh. which by the way, you know he's going to be teaming up with Harry Dresden eventually, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, but in addition to that, we've already established, although we didn't do anything with it, they say in the opening narration, time travel exists. Robosaurus goes but to, like, when, ancient Rome. When
0: they use time travel, I think they just mean immortal. I think it's sort of like a, that's not time, a sideways... That's like,
1: time travel in the way that literally everyone... We're time traveling right now. We're just only mm. going forward at a steady <laughs> rate. Like, that's not time travel. They said time travel but, is real.
0: But the guy said he was almost 3,000 years old. They could have And he was that around too. in the Trojan War, so that tracks... A lo- okay, a lot of things... Usually... In a movie
1: or a TV show, if there's an element of the fantastic, there's only one element of the fantastic. Mm. Like, there's robots. Okay, there's robots, but there aren't also ghosts. Right. And there certainly too, aren't also zombies. And there certainly aren't also, you know, time travel as well. There's a ton. You can only do so many mm. before it gets weird. And you just can't. There's no, there's no even. <laughs> there's no, like, there was the normal world and then this happened. Mm. There's got to be a normal world and then this happened. Steel Justice has too much shit. <laughs> it's got an Immortal, which is unrelated to Ghost of Dead Child in Toy, which is unrelated to mm. Ability to Transform Toy into Giant Robot Dinosaur, which is unrelated to, no, the immortal, as they the mentioned, The
0: Immortal is kind of related to growing a toy into a giant robot dinosaur he's not doing the he's, same thing. He's, a, he's an immortal but he's also a wizard so but
1: he's not the one doing the transforming he's got to find oh. other people who do that shit i guess it's he, like he ran like,
0: he ran out of growth spell juice or whatever that's like it is saying, like, that's blue, like blue potion and like in a video game that's like a
1: you know like a headhunter for a job like oh i need someone who's good at marketing that doesn't mean the headhunter is an expert marketer it just means he mm. can find someone who can do marketing Okay, that's my point. That's what so Jeremiah J. Jones is.
0: So the premise of the show could be Jeremiah Jones like recruiting a bunch of people. Like, yes. It would just be about his recruiting, and he, and Robosaurus dude, Detective Nash would become like his apprentice. Yeah, but he, he couldn't be too far from sort of the noir tone that they're setting up in the pilot. No, so he would also be a cop on the side. Sure. That, if you could transform if, something. If you're a cop, it seems like that would take up a. Here's something that aggravates me about a lot of cop shows. Okay. And it's put in stark relief by Steel Justice mm-hmm. about how cops kind of get involved in something on the side and they kind of stop being cops for a while. Yeah. It's like you still have your job. You still have to clock in and out and do something every day, right? You don't uh, just sort of get to take. I mean, you couple, get days off. You get days off, but you don't just get to take days off whenever you feel like it just because a time traveler met you. That'd be a good excuse. It'd be a good excuse, but you'd have to tell your boss. Say, hey, I gotta take three days off. This this guy is a time travel, and I gotta go take care of it. And I was like, yeah, everybody has a series. So... (laughs)
1: That's a shirt everybody has. Everybody, a everybody
0: has a series. Every cop has some. Every every single person in my precinct just come to me with one of these. There was the one guy who had the cartoon donkey. There was the other guy who you know f- found out he was a wizard. And yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You yeah. can take a few days off. Too. Three mothers are cars now. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. Do you know how many cars down at the impound lot have human souls in them? We don't know what to do with all these cars. Tried starting a series just about them. It didn't go anywhere. They just bumped into each other. <laughs> We're going to get to vampires event at some point. <laughs>
1: only a matter of time. Uh, oh, my God. But seriously, though, if you can hmm.
0: transform something,
1: and you only can transform one thing. You do it an infinite number of times. Okay. But you can only transform one thing. What do you transform? Like, like,
0: is it the same object each time? It's the same object, or is it but
1: Bigger. Okay, you can or I guess you could shrink it if you wanted to, but like, yeah, you can take a thing well, and you can make a really big version of that thing. I'd, I'd grow food and solve world hunger. Doesn't that seem like the thing to do? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I would just, I just make a really big cheeseburger. Vegetarians can eat the lettuce.
0: You know, well, like, it, it like, be a like it can be a
1: cheeseburger. It can be like cheese. I like cheeseburgers. It, it can be like a
0: wheat crop or something. But yeah, wheat actually isn't. That
1: what? like you're not getting that much out of it. Mm-hmm. You need other nutrients from that. Cheeseburger has everything. You got proteins. Yeah, but, but, you got you got your your uh, yeah. uh, you got your carbs. You got a bunch of veggies. And when they're the so size I'd, of a truck, it, that's enough veggies. I know it was like oh I'd, one slice of lettuce. You got your veggies from that cheeseburger. It's the size of a truck.
0: Now. I'd, I'd fly around the world with a truck full of cheeseburgers. Yeah, and I would just grow them out where people are starving and, and feed the hungry. Yeah. If, now, if it's the same cheeseburger each time, no, 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 you gotta get it. You know, that, that wouldn't really work. You can infinite number of those things. All right, yeah, and if it, I'm guessing it can't be a living thing, so you can't just sort of grow well, a shark it's, if it's you want to. It's his son. Is it alive?
1: Well, Is Robosaurus
0: alive? It has a soul. It has a soul. So yeah. it, it doesn't seem to be making decisions on its own.
1: It chose to like, like he. It chose to set people on fire. He didn't he, specifically he, tell them to do that.
0: He summoned it but and it, set. And, you it know, saved in, his in life his, on his own. In his mind, he knew that that bad thing was happening, but the Robosaurus was innocent and all that. But the Robosaurus was the one. He, he didn't know there was a bomb in his apartment. Robosaurus oh. did that all on its own. Well, Robosaurus saw the guy plant the bomb, so he knew what was going on well, in that and situation. Then he, and
1: then he chose to do something about yeah. it. He has free
0: agency. Okay. Yeah, I guess yeah, chased off a bad guy. So yeah, you take. But he he appears in front of this building. He's got to say like turn to his dad and say so what like this one. Do you want me to? Are there people in there? You want me to like burn it? down da- dad are you sure you want me to burn this down dad why, <laughs> why? Well, i mean i mean i can but it seems a little harsh doesn't it seem like th- can i just like break it open and you arrest the, like the main, main bad guy and like nope, maybe call
1: flamethrower nothing but
0: flamethrowers call for backup like i'm like a battering ram i can just i can batter around down anything dad but you need like cops around to help you and do the right thing no just burn we just burn killing them all burning just- them
1: all well okay here i go this might this movie might make sense as a psychotic break <laughs> like, as just Nash, like, went crazy, this whole Jeremiah J. Jones guy is a figment of his imagination, mm-hmm. and there is no, this soul of his dead son somehow isn't in a robot dinosaur, mm-hmm. and in the end, he just killed all those guys. Yeah. And that's it, and that's mm-hmm. the that would be the twist of the series finale, like, at the end of Murder, She Wrote, when you find out... She, Ms. Jessica Fletcher, was the one killed everybody. killing everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an old joke, but it works. Mm. You know, like, and that's the idea is that there was no robot dinosaur. The robot dinosaur was there the was, friends we made along the way.
0: There was no monster.
1: <laughs> it was Robosaurus it that was killed Robosa- the beast.
0: <laughs> Robosaurus was found alive and well in a field fifty miles away. <laughs>
1: now the results of that trial. Um, <laughs> fucking Robosaurus man! I, I just I wish I could have been in the room where they said, okay, we've got Robosaurus. Mm. It's instant production value. We got him. He's available <laughs> for one week. What do we do? Mm. And like, okay, well, we could do a, a thing about, you know, like a, I don't know, a monster truck show or something like that. And the Robosaurus is like travel with the monster truck show. And no, 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 no. That's, that's stupid. What we need... <laughs> is Blade Runner shit.
0: We, we need a primetime show for we adults. Need, we need Blade Runner Robos, Robosaur, and Highlander
1: yeah. and just sort of shove it in there and can he also we, we add an element of child's play mm. as well
0: and Godzilla. Sold. Here's What? Your, <laughs> sold. Here's your check. Here you want to hit, you know, it's Don't come uh, back until all of this money has been spent. This is like the, this is the early 90s. People don't do cocaine anymore. I don't care. <laughs>
1: Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Just, just like the 100 Lives of Blackjack Savage, I can't fathom just the line of thinking. Yeah. Like, we're, we're trying to figure it out here. We're, we're trying to suss out how you can backward engineer a show out of RoboSource and get to this.
1: And it's weird because, again, I have to, I have to stress this. This show was not cheap. There's a lot of there's a,
0: there's there's name there's, actors in there's this hundreds of extras yes yeah, big, big sets big sets a lot of special effects explosions
1: lots of explosions like retrofitted cars this they threw money at this I mean yeah it's not Jurassic Park but like for a TV pilot this is not cheap there's a reason why. They had to air this. They had to get <laughs> some money back off of this. Because they just tossed money at it. Like, just, I, I, don't, I don't know what happened. Like, it's, I, like, Black Jack Savage as well. You hear that premise. Donald Trump buys a haunted mansion in the Caribbean, teams up with the ghost of a black pirate to solve mysteries using a sci-fi superboat. And you ask yourself, not just how did that get made, why did they spend so much money on it? This well, is a full moon, straight to video, stupid idea. This is not a pilot for a TV show on NBC. I, someone asked me the other day, I was telling about Steel Justice, what network it was on, and I didn't remember. Uh, and I said, well, I assume it's Fox. Doesn't
0: this <laughs> it's a, this it sounds, sounds like, like Fox, so, It right? sounds like something Fox might do. Fox or UPN.
1: The, no other network would do this. The network of Mantis.
0: Um. <laughs> it will is now and ever shall be the network of mantis. And it feels like something along the lines of mantis, you know, that Mm. kind of playful comic booky kind of tone that a kid could watch on paper, but they didn't go for that. And I'm just so, I'm not frustrated. I'm just baffled. Yeah, I'm just completely confused by the existence of this strange monstrosity. (laughs) Steel
1: justice. You can find it online. If you, if you, if you Mm. look, even do a cursory examination, It has not been well-preserved. It's, no, it's fuzzy and no, hazy. and, no, and Nobody's and sometimes, bothered. Sometimes hard to make out. But, man, if you think you've seen all the weird shit, <laughs> this is one of the things I love about this show. Because there's so many movies, proper movies, mm-hmm. that are bizarre or strange or even quote-unquote terrible. That get ex- discovered, enjoyed, celebrated by the pop culture community. You know, The Room. mm mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Birdemic, Troll mm. Two, you know, and they get found mm. because they're still available. The TV that was this insane that didn't find an audience vanishes, <laughs> and we got Steel Justice. Man <laughs> is one of the weirdest fucking things I've ever seen. Just in terms of
0: how, how, how what were you thinking? What in? God's name! Steel Justice. Okay. We're, we're kind of at a loss. We're, was Steel Justice canceled too soon? Uh, heck yes. I want to know what the hell they were going to do with it. <laughs> what? Is, how is this a
1: show? Show us, show, for the love show, of God. Uh, just,
0: just out of sheer morbid curiosity, I want to see at least one more episode, or three or four, or even a whole season. Yeah. Trying to see what, they were, like, what direction they were trying to face, because this is clearly facing in every direction. Yeah. It could go anywhere, and it wouldn't. It would still make perfect sense. You could introduce vampires in the next episode. And I'm like, why okay, the fuck not? All right, vampires yeah. now. I don't fucking know. Vampires and zombies, robot, ghosts, whatever you got. <sighs> time travelers.
1: <laughs> they had the time travelers. I think they're in
0: there. This could have been, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, mm. this could have been the premise, like the the pilot for everything the show, where. <laughs> They take every known fantasy property, yeah. like every fantasy creature, every, like, they they started small. It's sort of like Batman v. Superman. It's like, we're going to introduce these two characters and hint that there are other characters in this universe. So we're going to start small. We're going to start with an immortal wizard and a time traveler and a robot, Robosaurus, that's possessed by a ghost. Okay, so we got a lot in there. Yeah. Next episode, zombies. Two episodes of zombies. Next episode, also vampires. Also golly i don't know aliens a- yes ufos yeah. show up and they're space aliens
1: yeah sure and then just <laughs> and then just like a treyuv comes in then, flying falcor going never ending story
0: <laughs> because that's what it, it, it couldn't is- like, could be it couldn't be licensed it all has to be like public domain stuff but they're just trying to cram it like every single idea into one fantasy cop noir science fiction show that incorporates everything so they can get every <laughs> every quadrant. This is Every the, audience. But this
1: was kind of my whole point with Neverending Story. The thing that always bothered me when I was a kid. I know Neverending Story is based on like a book that's now like 100 years old. So yeah. I realize it predates a lot of the things that I was like dreaming about when I was a kid. But the whole point of Neverending Story is that the the realm of Fantasia is where every like fictional creation lives. Every mm-hmm. daydream you've ever had, every monster you've ever come up with, every hero where are the fucking Terminators? Where's the, where are the aliens? Where's the sci-fi stuff? It's all fantasy. <laughs> People do dream about sci-fi stuff. Mm. Even back in like the turn of the century, there was Jules Verne, there was H.G. Wells. People had that. Yeah. Where was that? It turns out it's in here steal justice this is a corner of fantasia so you're saying that no that
0: one goes to this is bad the bad neighborhood the, so this is the kid from Neverending story this is like the fantasy world that he's dreaming up that's not part of fantasia this is fantasia adjacent this is the, yeah this is like so that, if you were to get on robosaurus and roll out into the desert and you would keep eventually on, reach keep on going and with the right kind of eyes you could look west see the high water mark where the, <laughs> where the wave finally broke and went rolling back <laughs> Yes, He goes out into Fantasia and he runs into Falcor. Why not make just as much sense as anything sure. else? Sure,
1: steal justice. Yeah, this, the show was, the show was canceled too soon.
0: <laughs> just because what, what was next? Really? Oh, I'm all ears. Please. Please. My God.
1: Steal justice. <laughs> justice.
0: Thank you. Steal justice. Thank
1: you. Steal justice. I was feeling a little too normal lately. Um, so that's, that's our episode oh. of canceled too soon. It's a pilot. So it's a little bit of a short one. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: fucking a weird program <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm always glad when we can uncover this kind of stuff uh,
1: Next week, uh, it's the latest uh, um, uh, Patreon poll We do mm. one every month uh, And if you subscribe to us on Patreon Patreon.com slash cancel too soon You get to vote for one episode that we do Every single mm. uh, month And uh, this time we're calling it Adventruary Uh, You're calling it that I'm calling it (laughs) Adventruary And I write up the posts On Patreon Mm -hmm. So I get to make These decisions Uh, And your choices Were
0: a whole bunch Of different adventure shows We assumed Thunder and Paradise Would win it outright we we mentioned Thunder in Paradise, and we thought the others we could just sort of throw on as a gag. We, 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 Thunder in Paradise okay. is a show
1: that we get a lot of requests for. It's Hulk Hogan in the Caribbean with a sci-fi superboat. No mm. ghosts, not that I'm aware of. There probably are. It's a shapeshifter in at least one episode. Nice. And uh, we assumed that would win. We get a ton of requests for it. We'll get to it eventually. It did not win. Mm-hmm. It was beat out. <laughs> it was close, but well. it was beat out by the 1970s adventure series, The Persuaders starring for a uh, James Bond Roger Moore and Tony Curtis from Some Like It Hot. Mm. What?
0: <laughs> okay, we're doing this. Uh, t- Tony Curtis to be fair, from Tony Curtis. <laughs>
1: The man from Tony yeah. <laughs> Curtis.
0: Oh, marvelous. I always love the, t- the Tony Curtis impersonations on the critic. Like, they clearly had a voice actor who could do a pretty good Tony Curtis, so they just kept writing him into sketches. What,
1: what I love is we have uh, 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 the DVD of The Persuaders, and the back of the DVD of The Persuaders is, like, kind of a little embarrassed that it exists. Because <laughs> it op- usually it's like, the the cult classic The Persuaders is finally coming to DVD. Like, no, here's what it says. It's difficult to pin down the appeal of the Persuaders. <laughs> That's the opening line
0: on the back of the DVD. Why Why are you buying this, we asshole? They don't know why this is appealing. <laughs> they don't know when they release the DVD.
1: So we're reviewing that next week. And it's going to be a long one because it was like a 22 episode. 20 hours and 48 minutes we both have to get through this week. All right,
0: so uh, let's let's get started. I'll start with the last episode and work my way forward, and we'll meet in the middle. How do you do that?
1: All right. <laughs> um, but we have a lot of cool stuff coming up yeah. for the rest of February, and we have a big, exciting, actually uh, uh, something we've been thinking about doing for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Big we, theme and, month coming in And we in can March. finally
0: do it. So Yeah, we're, we've oh, been yeah. waiting
1: for the right time. The, uh, so March is going to be a big one. but We have really cool stuff mm. coming up in February in addition to mm. The Persuaders, which might be awesome. We just haven't seen it yet. We don't know. It'll <laughs> be interesting to find out. <laughs> uh, but let's, re- let's read some letters. Right. Uh, you can email us, soon at gmail.com. Um, let us know, uh, what you think? Did you watch any of these shows? Do you disagree with us? Were we wrong about something? Um, how you doing? Just tell us anything basically. And there you go. <laughs> Email it is cancel soon at gmail.com. What uh, do we got?
0: This, this one comes from Paul. Hello, Paul. Hi. Uh, a couple of the best things in general about your podcast is that it's given me a fresh perspective on the past decades. Huh. Uh, in the eighties and nineties, I and all my friends were obsessed with culture from my early pre hippie 1960s. My late friend, uh, when he walked into his apartment, there was a Life magazine from 1965 on the coffee table. That's how far we were in. <laughs> <laughs> you ever have like an old magazine on your coffee table? For a second, there, w- when I thought it was sort of like hip to do this, I had an old Playboy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like kind of like kind of sexy, kind of class. No, you just have porn out. You know, it's yeah. just yeah. It's yeah, like,
1: we all we're all well, embarrassed in, about in, who we in, used to be in your
0: early twenties. Sometimes you make mistakes Look at how edgy I am Mm, Shut up You don't know how edgy you are
1: Nothing you say should count until you're 30 (laughs) (laughs) And even then, maybe Mm. 35 I think that should be the rule
0: I'm pushing 40, what do I get?
1: You you get people to start vaguely listening to you
0: Maybe a little bit of credibility With some people, maybe
1: Seriously, I think there's a reason why president is You're not supposed to be president until you're 35 Because theoretically, 35 is when you start being Somewhat responsible and stop doing stupid shit Literally all the Uh. time
0: but a lot of people in their 20s are being elected to, like, lower offices these days, so whatever. I don't know. I Maybe by the time they're 35, they'll be ready to be Maybe president. there's better people. Um, my late friend, when he watches, uh, that's how far we were in here, it was a phenomenon that author Douglas Copeland called the now-denial in his seminal book Generation X. Mm. Uh, so you guys have opened up another cron- <laughs> Cronin—oh, God, I can't even read this word— Cronenbergian? Cronenbergian. I think it's supposed to be Cronenbergian. Orifice. uh, Yeah, 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 that's Cronenbergian. A fascination with the 1990s. It really was a time of uh, fuck it all, nothing goes on the list, ruined everything is permitted mentality. Uh, You had a a punk rock mixed with space age bachelor pad music. Heroin was cooler than pot. (laughs) And the whole milf and librarian nerd glasses fetish thing came out of the forced sexual repression brought about by the AIDS crisis. You guys are are about the same age as my 1994 girlfriend's kids. I remember arguing, they're not dolls, they're action figures. And (laughs) And I watched a lot of cartoons and Power Rangers with them. There was even a partial 3D cartoon called The Bots Master, Uh, About a freedom fighter, not a terrorist, named Ziv Zoolander, who at key points in the story would look at the screen and go, it's laser time, boys! (laughs) And we'd put on these 3D glasses, and robots would fly around in 3D, and it was awesome. You guys rule, thanks for everything you do. I remember the Bots Master. I don't, that sounds amazing. It has a really awesome, like hip hop theme song i the, the robot i remember from Botsmaster master was the chef bot like <laughs> it, it was it bot. was like a walking oven like he he did their all of their cooking because you know well, you hang around with robots you need somebody to do the cooking i suppose well
1: that's a great, yeah produced yeah. by avia rod because of course it was oh of
0: course yeah, <laughs> yeah bots master is a thing i remember Bot. Well, i didn't remember the uh the laser time or the uh the 3D elements that's pretty cool. Mm. I remember Captain Power had those interactive toys. Those were cool. <laughs> I wanted those
1: so bad. I thought that was neat. Mm. They had like gauntlets you could wear and you would like shoot at the screen and it would like kill people on the thing. Mm. I don't think that's actually how it worked. I, I, but it was I I'm still cool. not
0: exactly sure how the interactivity thing worked. But if we ever get around to Captain Power, we'll we'll explore. We're
1: trying to track and it. And if down, we get into Botsmaster,
0: I think Botsmaster also only lasted one season, so we can probably 40 check- episodes. One season. 40 episodes of Botsmaster. I don't know, man.
1: That's a lot. Of I, don't, I don't know if I can
0: do that to myself. That's a lot of bots master. I've hurt myself a lot for this show, but there's only so, After deep, draft pack, so hard I can go. Here's a letter from Adam. Hi, Adam. Hey, uh, dear Bims and Whitney. In one of your previous episodes, Anthony wrote in to share his knowledge about the ancient Romans and how roar is not historically correct. The word barbarian came up and caught Whitney's attention. So I too wanted to add something from a linguistic point of view. Ooh. Uh, you know, to further further the intellectual discourse you love, please uh, really raised the bar with your holy trinity of podcasts so high that most others disappoint in comparison. Anyway, oh, that's nice. the word barbarian illustrates a mechanism deeply rooted in humankind. By that is, I mean, we initially divide the world into us and them. Indeed. Uh, what draws the division, the line first and foremost is language. Barbarian is an onomatopoeic word that comes from Barbar. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Romans, this is how l- the language of the Germanic tribes sounded like It was strange, different from Latin and Greek, and they didn't understand it, so they seemed to primitive and inferior It's like saying walla walla or blah blah Barbar, they're barbarians You know, those, you know those
1: everyone from Germania, they go bar barbar. Bar
0: bar bar bar, bar, bar 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 So, yeah, so they call it, them barbarians Exactly now, the same mechanism can be observed when it comes to the Slavs. The words Slav and slave sound alike because it is basically the same word. In the Middle Ages, the biggest slave market was in Constantinople, and most slaves sold there were of Slavonic descent. The Jesus. name of the tribe itself comes from the word Slovo, which means word. On the perspective of the Slavs, they were the people who knew the words. This is how they understand each other. On the other hand, they called their neighbors, the Germanic tribes, N-Nemtsy, Nemtsy, N-E-M-T-S-Y, Nemt Uh, which most likely comes from words meaning mute. It's simple logic. Their speech is gibberish to us, so they are mute, voiceless. Fun fact for Star Trek fans, Nimoy means mute in Russian. Yeah. Uh, this is obviously a huge subject I hope you found it at least at least bit interesting anyway I don't want to drift too far from the main topic to the podcast so here's a quick request for a cancel too soon show he recommends Hammer Man, um, oh, we've, Hammer had all, Man. <laughs> oh. we've had a lot of recommendations for Hammerman. we, Hammer Man. we had, know about Hammerman. we all right? know all about it I saw it when it aired live I remember how sucky it was it's no less sucky now we'll probably get to it because a lot of you want us to do it the trick is finding all of it yeah that's that's, like,
1: that's our goal is to always find all of everything that we review and uh i'm not sure how well hammerman was curated and i haven't <laughs> yeah, done I th- the most researching i into think Man, if i'm
0: being honest i think hammerman is on dvd all of Hammer. Man. i think the the complete run of hammerman might be on dvd now it, it, at least in one of those print on demand services hammerman hammer, it's the mc hammer animated tv series
1: yeah where he was where he had super
0: pants? No, the shoes. The shoes were his su- shoes, super pants. Like he put on his shoes and his shoes could speak and create like they create music, but not sound music, like physical sheet music in the air, and he could like pull note like physical musical notes out of the air and beat people with them or, you know, like or you some do. such thing. You know. Um, as happens. Uh that's a thing. Mm. So here's a letter from Patrick. <laughs> um, hope you guys are having a bibberific day. I am. You, need, you. you need to have a t-shirt that says, I'm bibberific.
1: Yeah. Mm. Feeling bibsy.
0: <laughs> that, that's the name of, uh, of your solo podcast. Oh, or, or, or your one-man show. Uh, in the, I, w- I, I was in the middle of your Brimstone podcast when you mentioned a show called The 11th Hour, so I have two points to make. First, check out the short video, Tales of the Ninja Warriors... From nineteen eighty eight. Okay. Uh, you will see a storyline in it called Black Angel. So far, this is the cheapest way I can prove it exists. Oh, i and he encloses a link. Um, the story is uh, at its base, the premise behind Brimstone a man kills a girlfriend's rapist, convicted and executed, and arrives in hell on a train to a city controlled by corrupt mobsters, and he is told in hell that hell be, or he's told in hell that hell became an industrial an industrialized complex because it was more torture for people to work mundane jobs for eternity. Yeah. So like Kafka nightmare.
1: Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah.
0: The kick is, uh, everyone has horns except our protagonist who is basically good except for the one murder. <laughs> All right. He is later discovered and recruited by an angel from heaven who asks to do certain tasks that will d- redeem his way into heaven. Great story. Always wanted someone to make it into a movie. I'm glad to see the idea at least got pushed forward a bit with brimstone Uh, Second, if you get to the 2008 version of 11th Hour, please point out the sloppy geography of episode two. Pooler, Georgia is a small town by L.A. standards, but it has an international airport and an IMAX theater. Oh, what, nice. were, what were you we complaining about? It recently had like an international airport. Was, like 29 Palms in Law and Order, L.A. Oh, at, yeah. Like, yeah, international an, airport yeah, now. Yeah, at a big
1: airport. Yeah. You know, like, you, you, well, here's the thing. Mm. I was in 29 Palms, and they assumed he flew. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I automatically assume you flew, given that it's an hour and a half away by mm. drive. <laughs>
0: uh, there are sick kids in one episode, and they would have gotten excellent treatment in a hospital located 20 minutes away in Savannah, Georgia, and they wouldn't have to bring doctors all the way from Richmond Hill, which is... Well, 20 minutes away, but not necessarily known for its cardiac specialists. I, I love this local like mistake crap. Oh, like TV I love it too. TV producers think they know a lot and they know well, they just, nothing. They, just they hire most, no locals. Here's
1: the thing, they assume most people don't care. And here's the thing: most people most people don't, wouldn't
0: know the difference. But if you're from there, it's really distracting. Well, and if you t- take the time to do a little bit of research and get some authenticity, it'll actually add more to your show you because just, you're actually just thinking more about you it. You can just
1: ask someone. Like there's that oh. uh, there's that horror movie Annabelle. Not mm-hmm. Annabelle creation, which is actually quite good, but Annabelle, the first. Uh, comic during spinoff someone gets injured in santa monica Mm -hmm. and they're taken to the hospital to the emergency room in pasadena
0: saint john's hospital is in santa monica there are really and (laughs) and, and there's like 30 hospitals besides on the way to pasadena yeah
1: and i realize it took place like decades ago but there's a ton of hospitals ucla Mm -hmm. is one of the best (laughs) hospitals in the country if the president gets sick west of the mississippi mm. they take him to ucla that's insane well, you don't drive past three hospitals to go to pasadena for an emergency room visit
0: he concludes by saying i'm always disappointed at the way people pointed a random spot on the map and make assumptions about the population well yeah that's true uh, th- thanks for all of uh i guess when we'll get to 11th hour we'll have to start to. We'll start p- pointing that out right. and looking Here, for more details.
1: Here's one from someone named Chimera.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: this is real simple, real straightforward, a mm. correction to something I said, or something you said, or something we both okay. said.
0: Pandas. Oh, I, I think I read this one all Did though. you really? Yeah. Pandas
1: or bears? Pandas okay. or bears. I just want to make sure, abundantly clear, I, I apologize again, it was pandas some, or bears?
0: No, it was something I said. Okay. Uh, I, we were talking about bears, and, I, and you said uh, koalas, and I said koalas aren't bears, they're marsupials. And you said pandas. I said, well, oh, pandas aren't the same kind of bears, but... Mm. They're bears. Okay. Panda bears are bears. What you got? Uh, Here's one from Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Uh, Hi, guys. It's me again. Oh, it's a, we have many Daniels, so I don't know which me-again you are. But we're glad to but hear we're from glad you hear, once we're more. glad to hear from you again. And I promise I won't drop any suggestions or long lists on you this time. I just finished the Dresden Files episode, and I have to say that as a huge fan of the books, I was disappointed in the show. I'll spare you guys the long-winded explanation and just say that while I understood why they made some of the changes they did, I don't think they did justice to the characters of Harry or Murphy and their relationships. As a quick aside, I saw the original two-hour pilot as uh, Sci-Fi aired it once at 3 a.m., uh, the March after the show premiered, and it was probably the best overall episode of the series. It was cut to ribbons instead of broken into two parts, mainly because they changed Bob's character between the pilot and the show proper. In the original pilot, he is closer to the book Bob and has, and is just a fairy spirit trapped in a skull and communicates through the skull instead of appearing as a ghost. It was a minor miracle the one-hour version made any sense at all, as Bob had a huge chunk of exposition in the uncut pilot. Anyway, this all got me to thinking into literary adaptations on the small screen, and I wanted to ask you guys, what are your favorite and least favorite literary adaptations for TV? These could be actual oh. shows or miniseries and TV movies. Also, if you have the time, which book or book series would you like to see adapted? Thanks for the good work, Daniel. Well, those are big questions. Those
1: are big questions. Uh, Daniel. What adaptations for TV?
0: Um, I, Claudius, is based on a book by Robert Graves, and sure. that's uh, just, a I mean, one of the best of all TV miniseries. I, I don't need to recommend that one to you. Uh, ah. I, I once recommended, you know, the BBC Shakespeare adaptations, but again, I don't really need also, to recommend... Also, those
1: are plays, those are oh, really yeah, Also, you know, yeah, I don't really need to
0: recommend Shakespeare <laughs> to anybody. I think you know who he is.
1: I mean, like, there's, like, you know, the old standbys, The Bride's Head Revisited, mm. The uh, Homicide, Life on the Street, and The Wire were both mm. based off of a book by David Simon. Um... Trying to think. I've never seen Lonesome Dove. Everyone tells me it's amazing. Oh, I know one. Hannibal.
0: Okay, basically. Hannibal on, is based it's on an, th- Thomas Harris.
1: Yeah, place. it's a fantastic adaptation of uh the Thomas Harris novels. Um they're very true to the spirit, they add a whole bunch to it, they mm. find connections where connections never once were. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it you manages to be everything you loved about the books and be completely unexpected. Mm. It's really, really fantastic.
0: Here is a letter from Br- Brendan. He calls himself Aussie Brendan. Hello. You're not going to say good day? No, that would, oh. what? <laughs> uh, what? Hel- hello, Brendan. Uh, the, t- the title of this letter is Al-catraz. Alcatraz. 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 Hello, Bibbs and Whitney. I wanted to email you guys since I listened to the Alcatraz episode. So
1: Alcatraz. Could,
0: so that I could defend the show. I I was kind of warm on Alcatraz There are things
1: we liked and disliked about it, but okay
0: However, I figured I had to listen to the rest of your episodes In the off chance that you realized your mistake (laughs) And decided that that it was cancelled too soon after all Having finished listening to your amazing, as always, Freaky Links episode, I sat down to binge watch Alcatraz so I could lay out point by point why it was canceled too soon. Boy, was I wrong. (laughs) I have no idea why I remember the show being much better than it was. However, since I watched every episode and can't leap to its defense, the least I can do is give me my opinion on who had the better alternate version of the show. Bibbs with his 1960s prison drama or Whitney with the evil scientist sends waves of criminals into the present schlock? I would lovingly watch the absolute crap out of Whitney's 1960s criminals released for <laughs> the modern world show. That's my jam. Mine, too. We, okay. are, we are kindred spirits, Brendan. Anyway, I will take this opportunity to suggest some shows. All right. Uh, Monster of the Week Trash, The River. Uh, awful American reality shows One called Who It, In which contestants compete To find the identity Of a serial killer As Ooh, they die off one by one That's fine Some audience members Were confused and contacted ABC As they thought the murders Might have been legit Oh my god And America's just not getting it Any of the awful attempts To Americanify Successful shows from overseas The American version of The Inbetweeners Kath and Kim The uh I was going to suggest The pilot for the original Remake of the IT crowd But they've recently announced That they're going to have A third attempt At an American remake God help us There
1: was a, there was a failed attempt a spaced remake in america yeah. it's probably around there somewhere we should probably track down one of these i've been
0: days. i've been wanting to track down the american red dwarf for a while yeah that, that one's a little thing. hard to find yeah uh here's a letter from omar hello omar uh dear bims winnie i haven't written to you guys in a while so here goes i would like to recommend that you cover the matthew perry show go on It ran for one 22 episode season um it succeeded Perry's other canceled to soon show, Mr. Sunshine, although Go On is the superior show. Uh, it is sharply written with a great cast. Uh, it stars the luminous Lara Bonanti. Ms. Bonanti has been in stuff that is not worthy of her talent or charisma. She was on Nashville. Hmm. Uh, she was also on Supergirl before it figured itself out when it was still on CBS. Uh, anyway, uh, both Ms. Benanti and Go On are underrated gems that I think deserve better. Uh, I hope this email finds you both in a buoyant spirits. Thank you, Omar. Uh, P.S. This is apropos of nothing, but you know when a TV character has been shot or stabbed and another character will clutch their face and, like, beg them not to die? Yes. It's supposed to be a tearful death scene, but all I can ever think is, I don't know a goddamn thing about medicine, but I'm pretty sure you're supposed to keep pressure on the wound and try to, try, try to prevent more blood loss. <laughs> Why the hell don't TV ter- characters do that? How is holding someone's face as they bleed to death going to help? I just wanted to get that off my chest. Cheers, lads.
1: All right, here's, here's another one from, uh, uh, this one's from Dylan. Mm. Hey guys, Dylan here I was listening to your Free Healings episode And it got me thinking of what random words I could put together To sound like a soundtrack band So here it goes <laughs> oh, Let me know no. if you listen to any of them based on the name alone oh. Chain Link Scapula Ch- Miss- right. Mr. Tumbles Porpoises <laughs> Electric Squid Light Massacre
0: mm-hmm.
1: Biomes Aplenty Bucolic Doorstops mm. 21 Numbums I actually like that
0: one. <laughs> 21 uh, hmm.
1: num... Numbums.
0: Sounds like an opening act, but all right. Stoops and Hoops. Mm. All Those Pamelas. <laughs> that's an actual 90s band. I'm, I'm sure, sure it is. That...
1: Fish Whisper. Mm. One Big Potato featuring Turtle Christ.
0: But that's the whole band? That's the whole band. Featuring Turtle Christ? Yeah. I think Turtle Christ would be just a good Tur- name unto itself.
1: I think Turtle Christ is like doing a guest verse on One Big Potato, oh, featuring Turtle. Okay, yeah, I think that's that's mm-hmm. what makes sense to me. I will. I enjoy all of those.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, uh, here's, we- here's one from Bert. Okay, hi Bert. Um, my name is Bert. I'm a listener from the Netherlands. Hello Netherlands. Uh, I don't exactly remember how I found out about Cancel Too Soon, but I remember seeing William on What the Flick first. You're, ju- you're still doing, what, the flick occasionally, yeah? Uh, not as much anymore. But still occasionally.
1: I mean, if yeah. they ask me to, I'll be yeah. there. It all just right. it hasn't come up in a while. Right.
0: So I think that's how I ended up listening to your podcast. I've even been a fairly early adopter. Uh, you had just released the episode about Bucky O'Hare. When I started listening, that was one of our earlier episodes. That was like our second uh, episode. I must admit that I don't remember that episode at all, but you got me hooked anyway. Uh, so I have a few recommendations: uh, mirror ball with uh, Jennifer Saunders and Joanna Lumley. Uh, never made it beyond the pilot, but I like that they included it as a bonus on the fourth season DVDs of Ab Fab. Uh, another show to add to your list: The Life and Times of Vivienne Vile from 2007, about a Despicable Jerry Springer type talk show presented by Vivienne Vile, played by Jennifer Saunders. I think I remember seeing bumpers for this. I'm like, kind of central that at or all. something. Weird. And financed by a producer played by Miranda Richardson, demanding ever more depraved topics to more viewers. Um, as a fire, final recommendation for a show that was canceled after one season, Up in Town. It's great to hear a lot of recommendations from like our overseas listeners mm. because you have access to TV that we've never heard of. before. Yeah, a
1: lot of it. we so, get some we get some stuff, and the internet has like made mm. it easier
0: to I see other democratized shows. democratized it a, at least a little bit. But yeah, but yeah, there's a
1: ton of stuff that's like super obscure here mm. that we're just sort of like, what? Okay, yeah. interesting. We'll check it out.
0: Yeah, Up in Town, 2002, starring Joanna Lumley again as a divorced, lonely woman who's still trying to live the fabulous life that she had when she was married. What if I? Interesting about this show is the way it was shot. The camera was placed behind a mirror and we saw Joanna's character telling her stories to herself slash the camera. I don't remember if that had been done much at the time, but it reminds me of how YouTubers do their video diaries nowadays. This is a show from 2002. Uh, Each episode only lasts 10 minutes and there were only six episodes. So you can watch the whole thing in an hour. Oh, well, that's always easy for us. Uh, Thanks for creating this awesome show. I'm really enjoying it. Commuting to work. It helps me relax and gets me excited to try a few canceled shows with Kind of Guards Bert. Thank you. Uh, P.S. Bibs, in my native language, roughly translates as buttocks. <laughs> Just so you know, it made me giggle the first few times I heard you say it. <sighs> You're a butt. That's fine. Uh-huh. That's, that's, you know, that's, 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 that's you know what? fine. Own that.
1: I'm owning it. Own that. You, you're, you're, I just didn't know I had it until just now. So give me a moment. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, mm. that's, that's, that's fine. I've been called, I've been called a lot worse.
0: Oh, we've, we've all been called worse than mere, butt. but, uh, <laughs> mere, butt. you can say, I am Bibbs, the calipological ball. Um, <laughs> one more letter. Uh, we can do one or two more. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a uh, short here, episode. Here's one from Jesse. Uh, Hello Jesse. Uh, hello. First I would like to thank you for the amazing content and all the TV recommendations I've been trying to go back and watch. On a previous episode it was mentioned about Power Rangers. It brought me to a memory of the first Power Rangers spin-off in 1995, The Masked Rider. It's still ingrained in my memory as I've only been able to see chopped episodes here and there. I was hoping that the show was only one season, but I believe it may have stayed for two seasons. I can't believe that I liked the show. It had this Furby-like creature that was really not necessary. Can you think of other shows that also added a character that was just ridiculous and also brought down the show completely?
1: Cousin Oliver.
0: You know, cousin well, Cousin Oliver is is the ear example. The other
1: one I love was um oh what the hell do they call it? There was a, a late 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 season of Married with Children mm-hmm. where they brought in a new kid. Like one of Peggy's like n- Relatives or cousins came in and they just left a kid there. Kid was named like Wednesday or some weird, unusual name. What? Seven. L- like a- it was their seventh kid, so they named him Seven. So they had a kid named Seven. How old was Seven? I think Seven. It was like like a a young kid. Like a young kid. And they were just like, you know, we don't want this kid. We'll get rid of the kid. And they find out the kid lives in, you know, squalor. And they feel like they have to take the kid. And, like, by half a season later, they realized they had no storylines to tell with this kid. And they just never mentioned him again. (laughs) He's just gone from the show. There wasn't an episode where they covered it, where the family (laughs) came to get him back. They just never talked about it. And he was gone. Wow, It was Um, great.
0: The thing that—the the one that really drove me crazy is when I was a kid, my mom wouldn't let us watch The Flintstones. That was, hmm. like, the one show that was banned in our house. No Flintstones. Okay. Uh, because it Because she said it was misogynistic and not funny. And, you know, it turns out she's right. Uh, <laughs> your mom knows what she's talking about. Uh, but we were allowed to watch The Jetsons, which was the same show. I don't know why <laughs> The Jetsons— The Flintstones were not allowed in our house, but The Jetsons the were— The Jetsons uh, is progressive. It's about the future. And how we're still just— behaving the same way as in the Flintstones. Well, I think that was cavemen. the whole point of the
1: Flintstones and the Jetsons, is that human, human nature is the mm. same, regardless of what historical period yeah. you're in.
0: Uh, when they revived the Jetsons in the 80s, they added the character of Orbity... <sighs> I'm not sure if you remember Orbity. Orbity all. was this
1: little spring-loaded, cute monster was, guy. Yeah,
0: it was, like, clearly made so they could make stuffed toys out of it. Yeah. It was this, like, fuzzy, cutesy little thing. It changed color depending on its mood, and it had, like, springy legs. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was voiced by Frank Welker. And, uh... It was one of the most obnoxious things in the world. He just wanted to, t- to flick that thing off the screen. He belongs in a camp with Scrappy Doo and Sprite Eraser. Oh, Scrappy Doo. It is just, it was just oh, like a Scrappy
1: Doo. <laughs> oh, did anyone like Scrappy Doo? I'm sure someone did. But who? Who was it? Who, who was like, you know what Scooby Doo needs? Annoyance. That
0: needs a small annoying Scooby Doo.
1: Yeah, we need one that like ah he represents mm. the kids. Never put a character in a show just to represent the kids who watch the show. Every kid resents it.
0: I I was a kid once, and I remember watching those shows, and I didn't, no, I didn't need the junior version. I wanted to watch the grown-ups. That was part of my fantasy watching those shows. The fantasy is to be grown-up and do all these cool things. Pretend to be a grown-up.
1: Remember, like, in the later episodes of the Ghostbusters where they had the junior Ghostbusters?
0: Well, well, that was a different series. That was Extreme Ghostbusters. No, 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 no,
1: no. Before
0: that. That what? was a different thing. Yeah,
1: towards the later seasons of the real Ghostbusters animated series, what? they had, like, three or four, like, kids from the neighborhood who would just occasionally get swept up in things and go trick-or-treating with Slimer. And they were all oh, annoying and useless. No. They're terrible. Stop.
0: Doing that, oh, I, I think I had aged out of the real Ghostbusters. I had turned eleven and just lost interest. But <laughs> yeah,
1: just no one likes they, that. It's when they
0: that. when they changed the real Ghostbusters into Slimer and the real Ghostbusters, and they made they started making like Slimer alone cartoons, and Slimer would like uh, it was brutal. Do, do battle with a Sylvester type alley cat just that they just called Manx.
1: Freaking brutal! It, yeah, man. that was
0: really really terrible. So yeah, there's a lot of examples of what you're talking about, dear listener. <laughs>
1: All right, that's that's it for Cancel Too Soon for this week. Right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, um, yeah Steel Justice is freaking weird. And if you can track it down, we highly recommend you do so. Um, I want to, at some point, do like a whole month where we only review crazy ass pilots because we've barely scratched the surface of them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for now, we have other plans and we'll get some more other pilots. Mm. in the nearish future uh because i think they're fun and they're these interesting single serve items and they give you lots of opportunities to just imagine what could have been even (laughs) if it would have been stupid but yeah so next week we'll be back with the persuaders Mm. um which is available on dvd and probably on some streaming service Uh, if you want to watch that with us you certainly can uh we're on patreon.com slash cancelled too soon um at the lowest tiers, you can vote for future episodes, and you also get a bonus episode every month—the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where we review TV, uh, movies, miniseries, one-off television events that don't quite fit the mold of the show but feel related. Mm. Uh, for other tiers, you get exclusive video content. We're doing a lot more of that lately. We're about to record a few more right now, actually, um, and um, we need—we've been just sent out uh, the latest like care package. Full of fun, pop culture, ephemera. Mm. This one was courtesy of Whitney as well. I'm up due for the next one. (laughs) Whitney's done the last two in a Mm. row. I need to do uh, my fair share. And we're going to schedule our next Google Hangout in a very short while as well.
0: Yeah, so we we can talk about said packages.
1: Indeed. Um, So that's what's going on there. You can also listen to us on Critically Acclaimed. Um, that's our
0: movie podcast.
1: Yeah, that's on the Schmoes No iTunes network. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can subscribe to Schmoes no, You and get a whole like basically like a whole like TV schedule of podcast content. Um, and if that's too much, if you don't if that if you don't like downloading that many podcasts, just listen to us. We're also critically acclaimed. Is on the SK Plus YouTube channel, and mm-hmm. you can just listen to it there. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. This week we're talking about uh, John Carter and Total Recall together as, as our double feature. And it's kind of a fun thing. That's our shtick. Also, our we have a T Public T-shirt store. With, right. uh, we don't talk about our t shirts enough. We don't, well, they don't sell
0: very well. <laughs> but we have them, damn yeah, it. We, we do have some t shirts. We, have, we have, the have Cancel Too Soon logo. Yeah. We
1: have Whitney and I as Mad Balls. Uh, we have a couple of shirts that sort of reference specific shows. We came up with a fictional show called Rot Realty about which, a lawyer dog. Which my wife Michelle, uh, mm. who's a professional illustrator, illustrated like a fake logo for it. It's mm. really fun.
0: She also designed our logo and those Mad Balls. Absolutely. Yeah, so give, um, cr- credit where credit's due.
1: We have a reference to uh, one of our more popular episodes, Wiz Kids. We have the Jeremy Connect as a t-shirt, and you just... The, there's a
0: new design, and it's all you, baby. Uh, that's right. I just, well, in uh, the end of our Freaky Links episode, as referenced in our letters, uh, you and I just sort of made up a bunch of bands. We
1: made we made up, I think, over 150 bands.
0: Yeah, so we, we just started rattling off the, the names of fake bands, and at the end, uh, we just sort of... Start, you started, like, making some up off the top of your head. Well, you, just had, on the you spot. had more
1: written down than I did, <laughs> so I was just like, I'll just... Try to mm. fake it, and, 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 like the and last you kind of were, and you were you, you, weird. you stumbled
0: over a couple, and the last one wasn't even a word. <laughs> the last one was "sibist." You said "sibist," and why the hell not there are weirder band names out there so I designed a band logo for SBIST S-B-I-S-T and it looks like a metal band to me so, so you can get that <laughs> you, can, you can get a t-shirt with the SBIST logo a on it you
1: can get a mug you can get a sticker you, you can, get, you can get a
0: throw pillow with the SBIST logo absolutely. on it absolutely
1: you can get a throw pillow with any of that stuff on yeah. it that's the cool thing about T-Public we just give them the designs you and, pay and for them it's have. actually very reasonable and you can get our logos on stuff and it, it kicks a few extra bucks our way and we always really appreciate it uh, we have some more stuff we're going to put on there and actually working on getting like a whole t-shirt that's nothing but the band (laughs) name yeah just list of the band names it's gonna be the the cancel
0: too soon warped tour
1: there you go so uh, so a lot of fun stuff is coming up we have a couple other um, Mm. uh, ideas for Patreon exclusive content that we're kind of working out right now and we'll probably like unleash that in March or April Mm. Uh, I think like big big stuff. Uh, So stick around, and of course, every contribution helps. And if you can't afford to contribute, we totally understand. There are other things you can do. Uh, We have an Amazon wishlist if you want to send us a a DVD Mm. uh, to eventually review on the program, or if you just want to review the show on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever else you find it, that helps immensely too. Just Just a quick star rating, a couple of sentences, that just helps people find it. It legitimizes the show, Mm. makes it show up on more algorithms. It really is there's no way to understate like how important that is. Yeah. Or overstate it. Over, you can't overstate. You can't how, overstate how important how that is. That is. That is. So if we haven't done that, that would really the, help us out. But the, regardless...
0: The, the reviews push us up on like lists of on like on iTunes so people can find us more easily the more reviews we get. And absolutely. that's it's really helpful for us. All right.
1: So anyway, uh, so yeah, tpublic.com slash cancel too soon. Patreon.com slash cancel too soon. Twitter.com slash canceled cast.
0: Mm. And uh, what's your personal... Twitter.
1: I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. And that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season.